Indeed, there are more questions than answers. Like if you swallowed liquid paper before going to bed, would you wake up in the morning with a massive correction? Hi America, oh, hello world. God. My <laughs> name is Adrian Lee and I am your host. Welcome to the show, More Questions Than Answers, the only paranormal quiz show anywhere in the world. Each week, my guests and I will search the world's newspapers, websites and TV shows just for you to bring you the very best in paranormal talk radio entertainment and enlightenment. We will then test each other's knowledge of the week's events of the mysterious strange, supernatural, unusual, bizarre and just plain weird. If you have just tuned in especially to hear the show, then I admire your taste. If you have just tuned in by accident, then I admire your luck. I am huddled under my quilt with a large flashlight and a nice cup of tea with tonight's guests, somewhere in the barren wildernesses of the Midwest Plains, with the sound of my elderly mother snoring distantly from the room next door. I realised that if I sneak into my mother's bedroom, jump up and down on her, I can make her snore to the rhythm of certain songs. So straight off the bat, I'm going to nip next door, you're going to guess what the song is. Are you ready? Mickey. There? Mickey, Tony Basil, straight off the bat. Michelle's got one point. Let me go next door again. Woo! Jump on me, mother. Ready? See if you get this one. Jingle bells. J jingle bells? I think, I think it was Hey Big Spender. Did it? Michelle's on fire. <laughs> Bit of burly chassis there for you. We're going to have fun with this. Never mind the show. <laughs> Let me just jump on my mother like a trampoline and you can see what the songs are. So snuggle under your covers, turn out your light and hold on tight. The rules are very simple. Points will be awarded randomly for being interesting or for making me laugh or shiver in horror. Extra points will be available for shock and awe value. To help me control my rowdy panel of recidivists and reprobates, I will employ what I have called the inappropriate bell. An example of this would be... The panel have no idea what's coming and I have no idea what stories they have for tonight's show. So let me introduce our guests. Firstly, the mysterious and Vesson Heather Morris. She's been a paranormal investigator for many years with her own team called Hellhound Investigations and does all of her best work in the shadows. She is now one of the leading audio and EVP experts with the International Paranormal Society and brings her knowledge and research skills to tonight's show. Heather got halfway through eating a horse over Christmas and then thought, I'm not as hungry as I thought I was. Welcome to oh the show, God. Heather. Terrible. I'm not even going to say hi. I also wish to introduce <laughs> the man in 
crazy. <laughs> Michelle Corey. Michelle was born and raised in Moira, Minnesota, and has a keen and avid interest in all things paranormal. Michelle went shopping today for some post-Christmas bargains and came back with an escalator because it was marked down. <sighs> Welcome to the show, Michelle. Thank you. This is Series 2, Episode 94. This is our New Year special. 94 is a horse sausage-making kind of number who never needs a spell check. The international dialing code of 94 will see you connected to Sri Lanka. Hmm. We're not going to have many more of these, are we? Because when we get into three digits for our second series, dialing codes will go out of the window. Oh. But Sri Lanka, if you dialed 94, you will be put through to Sri Lanka. A Sri Lankan construction worker turned up to work in Colombo with a new thermos flask. His work colleague said, what's that? He replied, it's a new flask. It keeps hot drinks hot and cold drinks cold. So what have you got in that, his friend replies. Two cups of hot coffee and a Mountain Dew. <sighs> I have to say, we drink a lot of Mountain Dew on this show. Yeah. It's one and of the coffee. reasons, it's one of the reasons the craziness in towels and in shoes. Mm -hmm. I will just add, we don't have Mountain Dew tonight. We yeah. do drink a lot of that. It's what takes us through the show. Uh -huh. yes. The sugar buzz, the high. Yeah. Mm -hmm. The chemicals. Caffeine. The mm -hmm. caffeine. Miss mm. Morris, this what? could be a dangerous evening for all. Yes. If people haven't worked it out in the first two or three minutes, this is our New Year's Eve show. Uh-huh. Miss Morris, that does not look like Mountain Dew there. Do you see that? It's not. It's not. Slightly darker colour. Reddish. Reddish. Bloody Mary kind of reddish. Yeah, with asparagus. With asparagus. <laughs> Great. It's going to be a long evening, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> or short. <laughs> it's going to be a short evening, ladies and gentlemen. Form I-94 is the form used to declare U.S. custom officials the items in their possession and the purpose of their visit. I filled in many of those forms, I-94 forms. It's when you say the purpose of your visit is to hunt ghosts and then see the look on their faces in the two hours you then have to spend being interviewed behind the scenes. I was once asked, actually, at Minneapolis Airport when I landed in Minnesota if I had a criminal record, and I replied that I didn't know that that was a requirement. <laughs> and they held me for another hour. My granddad went to France for a few years, and uh, this was not so long ago, and the custom officer asked him if he had a passport. My granddad's very old. He was fumbling around in his bag looking for it when the French customs guy said, whenever you come into France, you need a passport, and it needs to be ready for inspection. My granddad said, the last time I was here... I didn't have to show it. I came ashore at Omaha Beach in 1944 and I couldn't find a Frenchman anywhere. Oh, nice. Uh, controversial. Mm. I-94 is also the interstate that runs through Minnesota from Detroit, Michigan to the middle of Montana, a road where you're looking for roadkill and electric poles to try and make up the journey where the snow fills in the potholes. Now, each week I love to read out our mailbag. I love to read out all of your comments, all of your letters. I love the mailbag. Through emails, through Facebook. Andrew in Manchester, England has posted, I listen whenever I can. Give me a shout out sometime. Well, that time is now. Hello, Andrew. <laughs> Happy New Year. Thank you for listening. Jody in North Carolina has written, I hope you guys had a fantastic Christmas. I wish you a happy new year. Keep spreading the joy. I love the show so much and I play all the episodes back to back on SoundCloud. I am learning to be a Reiki master. Having a show like yours led by you 
helps a lot. You are a huge inspiration. That's a joy, isn't it? That's, That's nice. Jody. You're welcome. Jody. You're welcome. <laughs> Jane Connecticut posted. How many Bloody Marys have you had? <laughs> That's the only greens you've had over Christmas, isn't it? Is the asparagus in Bloody Marys. Yes. I'm looking that Swisher Sweet cigars, either the peach or the strawberry is one of my fruit and veg portions. There you That's go. That's what I'm hoping for. <laughs> Jay in Connecticut posted, have a very Merry Christmas and please don't drink and decorate. I was on a ladder having a glass of wine decorating with some red ribbons. Next thing I knew, I awoke in a wheelchair with a red ribbon found you know where. You don't recall that, do you? I love it. Mm-hmm. That's a joy. I did a similar thing, but my ribbon was blue. <laughs> First place. Kathy in Minnesota said, I loved Michelle's Irish accent. <laughs> Tell you. us more of how you happened to be there, unless it was an abduction or something <laughs> she's not allowed to talk about. How did you end up in Ireland? You were looking for leprechauns, weren't you? I was a mail order bride and I ended up in the Aran Islands. There? You were a mail order no, bride? No, I wasn't. <laughs> <laughs> I just got this image of Irish people going on to minnesotabrides.com. Yes. I was like, how can I get that? Mm. Wow. You want an Irish husband, do you? Yeah. Okay, we'll see mm. what we can do. Uh, it didn't work out so well for me. I was a nanny in Brooklyn, and I met my husband, who's now my ex-husband, in Mooney's Bar on Flatbush. Nice. It's almost mm. a love story, isn't it? It is. There should be a it film is. made about that. Mm-hmm. And you went over to Ireland for a year. I did. What did you think of it? Wet? Cold? Were the people nice? What about the food? The food... Not my favorite. The Guinness. Oh, I love the Guinness. I can drink 10 pints and not throw up. Excellent. <laughs> Talents. You, you didn't make it through two jelly beans six months ago, <laughs> no, though, I did didn't. you? They weren't Guinness flavored, though. They weren't. Well, Kathy's very impressed with your accent. Oh, thank As you, all of Kathy. us were thank on that, you. we were astounded. I'd never heard such dulcet tones. <laughs> Now, the last three and a half years of episodes are archived. If you go to soundcloud.com and search for MQTA Radio, you will find everything there for you. You can listen to us back to back. You can listen to us in the gym, at work, in the car, walking the dog. And there is an extra 20 to 25 minutes in those shows that we can't do on air in a round called Not For Your Mother. So you get a little bit extra, a little bit more naughtiness, a little bit more innuendo in that particular round and please remember to give us a little tick or a love heart or a thumbs up when you visit those sites we're also available on itunes stitcher and tune in radio of course you can hear us first at 8 p.m central time on a friday night on the dark matter digital network.com and i do want to give a shout out this has been a terrible week for people dying it's been a terrible year i'm getting worried I do want to give a shout out to Vera Rubin. This got missed by a lot of people, but we're on Dark Matter Digital Network and Vera Rubin was an astronomer. She died this week at 88 and her theories helped to discover dark matter. So we're going to give a shout out to her and her family. We are listened to by 100,000 listeners a week in 190 countries. You can find us on Facebook as well if you search for more questions and answers with Adrian Lee. On Facebook, you can find us on there. All of our stories, all of the letters, all of the chat, all of the fun, all of the games, the things that we can't read out are all on there for you. So you can follow along with that. Perhaps you can post at this very minute that you're listening to Dark Matter Digital Network and more questions and answers on your Facebook and get as many people involved 
as possible. Remember, we have a Twitter account as well. We have a Twitter account that is Adrian underscore Lee underscore tips. That's T-I-P-S. And we're nudging 90,000 followers on there. I have a new nice. book out. My book is called Mysterious Midwest, Unwrapping Urban Legends and Ghostly Tales from the Dead. I've had many, many reviews on Amazon so far, and they've all given me five stars. If you're interested in a spooky, ghostly, historical read, crammed, full of photographs, full of evidence. Miss Morris, you are in the book. Yes. You were on most of the investigations with me. There is a forward by David Ellison of Megadeth as well. And I've not read this out for some time now. You may recall I had a book called How to Be a Christian Psychic, What the Bible Says About Mediums, Healers and Paranormal Investigators. Yes. There are free chapters that I read out on YouTube. If you go to How to Be a Christian Psychic by Adrian Lee, there are chapters for you there, and I read them out. They're completely free. There's a chapter on healing, a chapter on meditation, and a chapter on stones and crystals now each week we've been reading out that we do a lot of support here in town in cottonwood county for the local food shelf i do want to make a plea to people that if they sign a check and they give us money for the charity that is the Wyndham food shelf this is a town of four thousand people that's come across hard times recently last month alone they fed over seven hundred people that's 159 families according to clarice the elderly lady who volunteers and runs that particular organization if you wish to write checks to help people to be fed over the christmas period the local masonic charity the local masonic lodge will actually match your donations nice. so remember if you give freely you receive freely but if you wish to give a donation to the local food shelf here in town and i will say that every cent of that does go towards that organization and feeding those that are down on their luck. You can make your checks payable to the Prudence Lodge number 97 and you can mail those to the Wyndham Area Sharing Center PO Box 178 Wyndham Minnesota 56101 and remember your donation is totally deductible. This is our New Year's Eve show. Mm -hmm. I'm going to do a quick quiz. Michelle is already 2-0 up for guessing Mickey by Tony Basil and <laughs> Hey Big Spender by me jumping on my mother's chest. We shall do some more of that Is she next okay? week. I have no idea. She stopped snoring. Quiet. It's gone awfully quiet. Someone poke her with a stick and see what happens. Oh no, there she's oh, still with she, us. Oh, thank she's God. hanging on. Not another one in 2016. That's the last thing we would want. Right. We have a quiz. Okay, I'm going to read out some questions. There's points to be had. This is our New Year's show. You can play along at home. In Italy, people wear what coloured underwear on New Year's Day to bring good luck for the rest of the year? Miss Morris. Green. Green underwear in Italy. I didn't know they wore underwear in They Italy. didn't wear under <laughs> flesh coloured underwear. Uh, no, commando. Commando coloured <laughs> underwear. It is, in fact, red. Nobody uh. gets the points. But if you're living in Italy... On New Year's Day, most people will be wearing Ferrari red underwear. That brings good luck. Good I'm down know. with that. Molte bene. <laughs> Did you know the tradition of lowering the ball in Times Square was not allowed in 1942 or 1943 due to wartime restrictions? Apparently there was restrictions over those two years for balls dropping and it never happened. Huh. Yet in 44 and 45, it was considered to be okay. Huh. There are more questions than answers. 
In Colombia, Cuba and Puerto Rico, what foods are considered to be good luck to eat on New Year's Eve? Miss Morris. Fig. Figs. Shout out some foodstuffs. Michelle. Ham sandwich. You've nailed it. Ham is one you need. Who's thinking about Cuban sandwich? <laughs> You've been looking at my notes. Yes. No, I haven't, I promise. Pork and pigs are considered to be very uh, good for luck and hmm. they will bring you wealth. You could have had peas. Ham, of course, is what you said. I can't believe that. Cabbage. Peas, ham and cabbage thought mm. to bring good luck. Not oh. to the next person after <laughs> you in the no. bathroom. <laughs> If you'd have said lobsters, crabs, and chickens, that's actually bad luck because lobsters and crabs go backwards and sideways and chickens scratch backwards. So that's considered to be bad luck. Uh. Michelle is three nil up at the moment, rather bizarre. Wow. Mm-hmm. More vehicles are stolen on New Year's Day than any other day of the year. So keep your vehicles secure over New Year's Eve would be my suggestion. Last one to get points. To the nearest foot... What is the diameter of the Times Square ball? Ooh. 35 feet. 35 feet in diameter. Diameter. The New Year's Eve ball that they wouldn't drop in 1942 or 1943. Because it was wartime and we wasn't allowed to have fun. No ball dropping for you. Or you. <laughs> <laughs> Laugh. Oh, here we go. Everyone drink their eggnog around the world. Yay! Cheers! There we go. A Bloody Mary going down quite nicely there. Could be a long night. Michelle, what are you thinking there? Diameter of the Times Square ball. I'm going to say 300 feet. 300? It's 12. <laughs> <laughs> Miss Morris it's wins. It's only 12 feet it's in only diameter? It's 12 feet in diameter, That's crazy. I tell you. That's madness, isn't it? Now, this is our last show of the year. I want to talk about our best moments of 2016. So what things spring to mind? What was your funniest stories, your funniest moments, the things that come to mind when I say to you, what was the highlight for you on MQTA of the last year? My best moment was Michelle coming on the show. First first ever episode. Thank you so much. I think that was show 70 or 71. And her eating jelly beans with sausage and dirt she was a trooper earwax we had wax and yeah my other one was where you got the second place ribbon so you do remember that second place second place third i thought yeah oh yeah you after the the dog dog. i was yeah it was my dad and the dog came first and second (laughs) i got third yes what color is a third place ribbon in this country yellow white (laughs) yellow and white (laughs) Nice. Brown. <laughs> Great. She's a joy, isn't it? But yes, Michelle, her first ever episode on more questions than answers. We had a little box of Harry Potter jelly beans. The best. And they come in very strange and bizarre flavors. Yes, you get they your, do. You get the normal flavors like lemon and cinnamon and strawberry shortcake. Melon and things like that. But not for me. In amongst those jelly beans, the Russian roulette of jelly beans was such a luminary flavors as earwax vomit cut grass dirt dirt sausage michelle ate two and got the dirt and sausage combo which was very impressive mm-hmm. new guy in the corner puking up their gut yeah when i got the earwax i lost it very unpleasant but that was the highlight apparently <laughs> yeah heaven's year yeah. who knew such I love things it. i liked it when bob gilbert from washington the author came on the show That made me smile. He sat there. He's written many books, was a journalist with the Star Tribune, a very 
well-respected political editor and writer who sat between us wondering what the hell he'd got himself into. <laughs> oh, my gosh. I think that was just culture shock, that glazed look in his eye. When he, <laughs> when he found his bearings, he was really going to start to panic. But I do like all the investigations we've done as well. We did 28 paranormal investigations this year, and I really enjoyed playing all the evidence, all the EVPs, mm. talking about all the incidents and all of the contact we've had with the dead on those that I enjoyed. I like telling our listeners what we've been getting up to in the field, in the haunted factories, the battlefields. In the trenches. The trenches, the abandoned cinemas, the mm -hmm. hotels all across the Midwest has been a joy. So that makes me laugh. Do you remember we had a story where a woman left a shoe on Mars? <gasps> yes. Yeah, I was laughing so hard. Some we came out on that particular episode. <laughs> that made me laugh hard. Michelle, can you think? I know I've just sprung this on you. Mm. Anything spring to mind in terms of magic moments of 2016? Well, I tell you, I love doing this show so much, and I'm so grateful to be a part of it. That's very I, kind of you. I remember the outhouse story in Sweden. Yes. Oh, no, there was a man who lost his phone <laughs> down yeah, the toilet. Oh, yes. It was a, some sort of cesspit, yes. and his friend went in to get it. Yes. And bad things ensued. Yes. <laughs> yes, you were dry heaving. Oh, yes. There was this, I love grim. so many of the stories. I love the Bigfoot stories. Yes. I love Heather's accent. You're the only one. <laughs> uh-uh. <laughs> I'm sure we'll get more of those again. Uh, yeah. So, oh, there we go. Back on the sauce. Mm -hmm. Go Back on, girl. on the sauce. Get it down. Yeah, there we go. I love all the, the yard sale items on Mars. Unbelievable. Oh, so we have had, We've had quite the year. Yes. So long... Long may that continue, and we appreciate all of our listeners, all of our followers, all of the messages and everything we receive. So many thanks all over the world, 190 countries, 100,000 listeners a week. We now move into the round that is Ghosts and Hauntings. Michelle's on three. Heather has scored one. This is the eerie moment a ghost-like orb flew through a Russian gulag in the dead of the night. A white apparition was caught on CCTV in Vokuta City Hall, Western Russia. When staff reviewed the footage, they were left speechless by the floating ball of matter that could be seen drifting in the building's corridors through the night and into the early hours of the morning. The sphere first appears from inside an office before leaving the room and hovering back and forth through the corridor, changing sizes over the course of the evening. Employees at the council building in Russia, which once contained Stalin's forced labour camps, said they had never seen anything like it. In the clip, a lone woman in a dining room gets the shock of her life when the chair next to her suddenly moves. She is then suddenly thrown aside. Several tables and chairs are thrown into a doorway, blocking the woman's exit. She then appears to faint and lays unconscious on the floor. With no one Russian to help her. Oh, God. <laughs> if you wish to see the Russian glowing gulag orbs, you can visit our Facebook site. More questions than answers. With Adrian Lee, I have started the show in an informative and spooky manner, and I shall give myself two. Miss Morris, what have you got for me tonight in the round of Ghosts and Hauntings? A man thought bizarre photo on phone was caused by a glitch, but now fears it's something far more chilling. A man has been left seriously spooked after spotting a ghostly image in his phone, which he has no memory of taking. And he's sticking to that story, and that's what he's telling his wife. 
Uh-oh. Vincent Smith, 42, was looking through his photo gallery today when he found a snap showing his foot and lower leg lying on his bed. He saw a strange white light breaking... Was he attached to his phone, <laughs> <laughs> I'm assuming. What did we get up to last night? I can't... <laughs> Where's my leg? Honey, I got bought those slippers for Christmas and I've barely worn them. <laughs> he saw a strange white light breaking through the middle of the picture and at first assumed it was a technical glitch on his mobile phone's camera. However... On closer inspection, he noticed that the white light was, in fact, casting a shadow on the bed. The picture has left Vincent from Blantyre near Glasgow seriously spooked, and he suspects something paranormal may be responsible. He told Glasgow Live, I think of the photo could show what? something... Glaswegian. This is Scotland. <laughs> could show something paranormal. I've been expecting you, Mr. Bond. What would cast this shadow like that? That'll be one of those Russian Scotsmen you read so much about. <laughs> it's the Stoli. <laughs> wow. I, don't, I must go. I don't understand what it is. No, no, I, we're, stu- we're stumped. I don't I've... remember taking the picture. <laughs> There's no one in the house with me. So who took it? And why is that such a bright light? To make things even stranger, the picture is not showing a date signature on Vincent's phone, so he doesn't know exactly when it was taken, but he estimates it has been within the last 10 days, and I just have to say it's bunk. You think that's bunk? Everyone can have a drink (laughs) around the world for Heather. It's bunk because... It's your story. I know, but I'm letting you know why you this guy is bunking. He you is can't bunking it. Bunk your own story. I just surely. did. I, uh, this is informative. Can you bunk your not? own story? Listen, I I'm, I'm going to have a look through the rules. Hang on. I can bunked you? it. There are no rules. We I'm can't bunking. live by your rules. Yeah, rules. We need the rules. Rules. Bloody Marys. Just say no. <laughs> so in the photo, there is this white line going down his picture and then there's a shadow cast off the white line so here's what happened his flash on his camera hit a pole or a pencil or something that was that close to his camera that it actually cast a shadow about a foot away it's bunk it's bunk you bunk i don't know whether to give you points or not because i would have given you two points but now you've bunked your story I'm going to slash that and give you half of that. You're on... No, I'm brilliant. I debunked it. You I debunked... figured it out. You're, you've wasted three I minutes Sherlocked of my it. life. I'll Jeez. never get back. I Sherlocked it. Okay, I should yeah. give you two under duress. Duress. <laughs> 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 Dozens of people have been left stunned by ghostly sightings at a British hospital. The 18th century Glasgow Royal Infirmary has cared for the city's sick and dying for more than two centuries. With such a long history... Those who are superstitious would not be surprised to learn there have been countless ghostly sightings. Some extremely rational people, including respected doctors and nurses, have been unable to explain the things they have seen there. And several apparitions have been spotted on more than one occasion by different people at the hospital, which was built in 1794. Here we list some of the ghost sightings documented at the hospital. The Floating Sister. The floating sister looks at first glance like a normal member of staff making her way around the hospital. That is, until you look down and see that she is only visible from the knees up. 
It's like one of these Japanese huh. floating ghosts that go around Ooh. on clouds. A well-respected nurse who worked at the Royal Infirmary in the late 20th century claims she spoke to the apparition as she passed before realising the bottom part of her legs were not visible. She believes the ghost may have been walking along an older floor level, which no longer exists. Of course, Roman centurion soldiers of ghosts in residual hauntings have been seen walking along only with their mm. knees above the knees visible mm -hmm. because they were walking along the Roman road that was a foot lower than the road that's currently there. Archie, the whisperer of Ward 27. Ooh. Dying patients often talk to people who are not really there as they approach the end of their lives. Sometimes people will appear to see relatives who have passed on. But there is one spirit who often apparently makes an appearance beside dying patients in their bed at the Glasgow Royal Infirmary. A number of different people in the hospital's ward, 27, have reported to have seen and spoken to a man called Archie. He has also manifested on occasions and has been reported as being elderly and wearing a hair bun. Man knots on a ghost. That has to be a first, isn't it? Have you ever seen a man knot on a ghost? I don't want to see it on any guy. Creepy. The grey lady. There's always a grey lady, isn't there? Mm -hmm. Or a black monk, something yes. like that. This apparition has been spotted on a number of occasions over the decades. The lady is dressed in grey and has been seen walking down corridors and then disappearing through a door. Staff have chased after her only to find that she's vanished without a trace. Let me read one out. This is a very haunted building. These are all the different ghosts in this building. I'll read one more out. The dead man walking. This spooky incident happened relatively recently in the early 21st century. A doctor was responding to a call to help with a patient who had suffered a heart attack. On his way, a patient asked him for directions on how to get out of the hospital, and the doctor pointed him in the right direction. When the doctor arrived with the patient he'd been called to, the man had already died. But the shocked doctor was horrified to see that the patient was the same man oh, he had given word. directions wow. to. If you wish to see the spooky hospital for yourself with all the eerie photography, you can visit our Facebook site tonight. More questions than answers with Adrian Lee. And all of tonight's stories will be there for you in glorious technica. Michelle, you're in the lead with three. What have you got for me tonight in the round of ghosts and hauntings? An animal lover has captured a spooky photo of a ghost dog that was sitting in her living room. Tegan McKay, who owns a real dog, a live dog, called Lucky, claims the faint outline of a paranormal pooch can be seen in the photo. Tegan, from Livingston, West Lothian, says she sometimes hears the four-legged ghost's wee claws scraping on her carpets. Her own dog, Lucky, lives in the house, but is apparently always in a different location to where the sounds are coming from. Tegan has explained that Lucky is also in the picture of her ghostly encounter, but claims the outline of a phantom mutt can also be seen. She has said also that the past owners of the house had their dog put down at the home. Tegan posted her image on Twitter on Wednesday night with the caption, I took this pic earlier, right? Am I daft or is that a ghost of a dog in the circle? Her tweet has nearly 1,500 retweets and over 4,500 likes on the social media site. Tegan later revealed that she has some other run-ins with the canine spirit. She wrote, Sometimes we hear wee claws on the floor downstairs, and Lucky will be sitting with us. And that Lucky has hid under the stove, 
and wouldn't sleep at night by herself downstairs. Ooh. We're very Scotland heavy tonight, aren't we? Yes, Three we stories are. so far, all from Scotland. This must be the place to be this week for paranormal activity and rather ironically, the home, of course, of Bloody Mary. <gasps> very oh. nice. Fantastic. We now move into the round that is UFOs and crypto zoology. It's hairy beasties. It's green men. I'm on four. Michelle is on five. Heather is on two. Scientists may have found proof that ET really is phoning home in the form of powerful radio signals, which have been detected repeatedly in the same exact location in space. Astronomy experts with the Green Bank Telescope in West Virginia and the Arecibo Observatory in Puerto Rico have discovered six new fast radio bursts, or FRBs, admitting from the region far beyond our Milky Way galaxy, according to a recent report in Astrophysical Journal. The discovery made in the direction of the Auriga constellation has prompted wild speculation that aliens could be trying to get in touch. We've only had radio signals. As a civilization, we've been on Earth for a million years. We've been evolving. We've climbed out of the trees, but we've only had radio signals from maybe the 1910s, 1920s onwards, and they were done and dusted with in about 2000. There aren't many analog signals left anymore. It's all digital. So with a million years of evolution of mankind and civilization, we've only had about 80 to 90 years of radio signals. Which is why I find it odd that we'd have radio signals coming at us from another constellation, another uh. Milky Way. Because that's such a small little sliver. And we've only had it a short period ourselves. That means that we would have to overlap with another civilization that gets that small little part of radio signals overlapping at the same time. And I would find that almost hard to believe, wouldn't you? This is where I'm thinking. It is significant considering the fact that at least 17 FRBs have now been detected in this area and it's the only known instant in which these signals have been found twice in the same location in space. The region where the signals are coming from is called FRB 121102 by scientists and it's located 3 billion light years away from Earth. The signals were also found earlier this year and in 2012. According to experts, the FRBs could be the result of two things, solar flares from a neutron star or extraterrestrial, but it's too early to say. Hmm. I should give myself points for being informative. It'd be a sad state of affairs if they were getting our signals and the first thing they saw was friends. <laughs> that would be a tragedy for humanity, would it, it not? Would. Miss Morris, what have you got for me tonight in the round of green men and hairy beasties? Well, the NASA rover discovers a large spoon yes! on yes! the red planet's yes! surface. Go, rover. Go, rover. <laughs> Where did you leave your spoon? I You're know. on your way home. Two and a half years. Where did you leave your spoon? It is the second spoon to be found on Mars oh, in recent years. With a dinner party. I know, with believers claiming it could be proof of developed life on the planet. Mm -hmm. Other objects, such as rings and gloves and shoes, have Arm also chairs, been found. Dress. Crabs. Yes. Buddha statues. Yes. The video was first noticed properly when it was uploaded to YouTube by the UFO Hunter account. No, it's not who you think. Oh, someone what? knew. Yeah, well, it just says the UFO Hunter account with the description, 
there is a giant spoon on Mars. This thing is amazing. Probably left over from a lost civilization. Jesus, Mary, and Joseph. <laughs> Jesus, Mary, and Joseph. Some users were amazed at the discovery. One said, wow, it couldn't possibly be natural, could it? That's amazing. They'll live within 10 miles of one another, isn't uh, it? Unbelievable. It's probably the same family. Yeah. Another added, considering this is a second spoon. At least he's not Scottish. That they have found this could be a sign of some intelligent life. Two spoons. They could make a musical instrument. These they are the noises. This is what we're hearing from space. Yeah. That's yes. incredible. Yes, however... Using your body parts. However, others were more skeptical, no. suggesting it could be an optical illusion. <gasps> One user, I know, I went to squisher. I went to eat my cereal, but it turned out to be an optical illusion, and I got milk <laughs> and, it and be. Cheerios all down my shirt. It's probably not a spoon, it's a spork. Oh. <gasps> yeah. <laughs> I thought I was being haunted. aliens are advanced. They are very advanced. <laughs> I thought see? I was haunted once by a bowl of cereal, but it turned out to be Cheerios and it was going, ooh. Oh, ah. God. One user commented, we see what we want to see. And hear what we want to hear. Some folks see the face of Jesus in tea leaves. Others see a man in the moon. Who's seen the face of Jesus in tea leaves recently? Anyone around this I've table? I've seen him in cheese. Jesus. You've seen Jesus. <laughs> Grilled Jesus. Jesus. <laughs> I saw the Virgin Mary in a mold patch on a tile on the ceiling once. We've actually got. <laughs> wow. That's true. Was that at the asylum, Adrian? Mm. Tell the truth. <laughs> Just before they gave you the hell doll? Well, I, I got distracted from my colouring in. That was the oh. trouble. I have a story here that's highlighting all the monsters that have been seen over 2016. Oh, oh, I can't wait. It says Loch Ness to the Yeti, the most terrifying monsters seen this year. Some sightings have been impossible to explain and have left people terrified and scratching their heads as to try and work out what they've actually seen. Thousands of people have poured over these clips to try and figure out a rational explanation for these strange sightings. But be warned, these bizarre sightings will turn the blood cold. The Yeti. The Yeti. Two men driving through deep snow in Russia were stunned when they saw what they thought was the monstrous Yeti running across their path. Fortunately, they had their dash cam on and filmed the white figure dart in front of the car. But even the two men were so stunned that they doubted their own eyes. I mean, it could have been someone's cruel prank, the driver told a local TV station. If you wish to see the Yeti rushing in front of the Russian car, <laughs> Russian car. you need to get onto our Facebook site ah. more questions and answers. Spank the with Yeti. Adrian Spank Lee. it. Spank the Yeti. Nessie's icy cousin is the next one. Ooh. Eerie footage filmed in a remote area of Alaska appeared to show a 12 to 15 foot long creature curling its way through the water. The footage was online and is a sensation and immediately sparked rumours that the photographer had captured an image of Nessie's icy cousin. Others brought up the rumours of a china chomper, huh? which is said to stalk the Alaskan River and has been spotted multiple times. The Say China Chompa. China Chompa. China Chompa. I went to school with China Chompa. China Chompa. That's Michelle's alias on Backpage.com. It is. Very desirable. Shh, stop. 
Did we not discuss the fact that we thought this river monster in Alaska was actually some frozen rope being yes. whipped around yes. by mm. the ebb and flow? There's a Bigfoot one. Fantastically <gasps> clear footage appeared to show a Bigfoot-like creature roaming out of a cave and through a waterfall in Indonesia. Yes. The eight-foot-tall creature was so distinctive that YouTube users were quick to suggest it was an obvious Bigfoot sighting. Startled viewers have watched the clip thousands of times, but are still not sure what they have seen. I did that story. The Loch Ness Monster. A photographer claimed to have taken the clearest photo ever of the Loch Ness Monster in September. Amazed Ian Bremner, 58, was stunned when he noticed what looked like three large humps emerging from the Scottish lake. Many non-believers were quick to say the humps resembled three seals swimming together. I'm being... That's, that doesn't look like three humps to me. That looks <laughs> like two humps. It's my lady lumps. <laughs> Let me get a picture and we'll post that on YouTube. But even sceptically Ian said, I'm starting to think there's something out there. Yes, three seals all swimming together. Aww. I'm not going to read all these out, but there's a story on the gigantic Alaskan dragon, the Chupacabra. Chupacabra. The, mega, <laughs> the Megalodon. Megalodon. The Megalodon. Oh, that's the shark, isn't it? It is the giant shark. And Ooh. I'm going to read out the final one. This is Nessie in London, if you recall. Another Nessie sighting in the River Thames earlier this year was too chilling not to include. Nobody is able to give a confident answer for what the absolute massive-looking creature looming out of the water was in April. Some suggested the monster was actually a blue whale which had got lost and swum into London, as had happened before in the past. But other YouTube viewers suggested the creature was actually a lost Nessie. Or what my dad flushed into the Thames after Christmas oh, Day. Oh, I will tell you, that's a danger to shipping right there. I tell you, these were the monsters of 2016. You can see the photographs, the video footage, and all the monsters I read out there. If you go to our Facebook site, more questions than answers with Adrian Lee. I'm now on seven points. Michelle, what have you got for me tonight in the round of UFOs and cryptozoology? A man is convinced he saw a giant alien wearing a cowboy hat waiting at a bus stop in Yeovilles. I saw that movie, isn't it, Paul? <laughs> That's a good movie. <laughs> I in love a... Simon Pegg. I'll watch anything he's in. <laughs> Nick Frost. That was in New Mexico, though, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah, they got him in Area That wasn't in Yeovil, a small market town in Somerset, was it? They could be traveling. Yeah. yeah. Getting about. He said the sinister-looking figure unnerved him so much he hasn't slept since and had to sketch an image to show the world. The creature spotter who has asked not to be named, said it was standing beside Yeovil College in Somerset. He said, I was driving up the road as I normally do, and I saw this dark-looking figure by Yeovil College. It looked quite tall and had this big Stetson hat. Was it a 10-gallon one? <laughs> yep. That's unusual in itself. Somerset is a small sleepy... What, a 10-gallon hat? Yeah. It is. You'll never find such things. I think it and was it... an American tourist. <laughs> in Yeovil, the only thing in Yeovil is there's an aircraft museum. They've got a Concorde there There's on display. going to be somebody going to see it. It's a fancy dress party somewhere. Mm-hmm. Like Yeovil, Somerset, of course, is famous for hard cider. Oh, so if you want some hard cider, yo, um, like Dickens, Yeovil. 
Oh, we're not going to go down that road again. It's a bit early there, isn't it? <laughs> no, it's not Dick Insider. We're not doing that joke. <laughs> oh, sorry. <laughs> Everyone around the world, charge your shot glasses and have another drink. Cheers. There we go. Mm, so good. I slowed down to have a closer look and I thought, it. that's not a man. It was about seven feet tall. It had this long, thin tube coming from the top of it and spikes coming out the side. The middle bit was like moleskin and hairy. Moleskin? then, huh? I had a pair of moleskin trousers with the mole still in them. <laughs> Gross. <laughs> You're wearing them, aren't you? There you go. That's not a mole! <laughs> Why didn't you stroke him on his little pink nose and oh, see what happens? Oh, no! This thing wasn't moving at all. And it was... Yep. <laughs> yep. That explains it. And it was in this box that had sparks <laughs> coming out of it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It was like something out of science fiction. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. The man drew an annotated picture of the alien in the hope that someone will tell him what it is. In the drawing, he notes that the beast, which was black in color, wore a weird coat and had silky hair. The image also shows a long rectangular body and a thin tube coming out of the hat, it's all got it going on. It's go got it all on. going on, isn't it? Which looks like some kind of flute or long pipe. <laughs> oh boy! You get that? This is why you don't travel on public transport in Britain. I might add. The alien doesn't appear to have a face. The man sent his drawing to his local paper, and added that he wishes that he had never stumbled upon it. He said, "I just keep thinking I was in the wrong place at the wrong time. It's just mad." I'm struggling to sleep because of it, and I have been looking online, seeking what it could be, but I am at a loss. This is Somerset, the home of hard cider. Why would a seven-foot-tall alien with a pipe coming out of his head, <laughs> spikes and long black hair and no face, take public transport? Why would he wear a Stetson? Can you imagine walking onto the bus and saying, I want a single, please, into Yeovil? Oh, that would be pound <laughs> fifty. Hang on, I'll look through my change. Strange... Oh. And bizarre. It, Heather's doing some drawings on her does it script. Look like that. Wow, that looks yep. like a potato. <laughs> nice job, Heather. Those years at art college were well spent, Except weren't the they? The tube is coming out the hat. This drawing is available to see if people wish to go to our Facebook site. Oh. More questions than answers with Adrian Lee. You can see that man's drawing. It's, oh, I thought you meant, meant mine. <laughs> that would be ridiculous. Uh -uh. It's paid of you. <laughs> we can put your drawing on if you wish. No, thank you. Okay. We now move into the final round of the evening, which is the strange and the bizarre. It's the stories from around the world that are too strange and too bizarre not to read out, but don't fit easily into any other category. African football chiefs have been forced to outlaw witchcraft over fears players are using it to gain an unfair advantage in matches. No. Yet, though, an African team has never even got close to winning a World Cup. No. Hmm. In a game between Rwandan Premier League teams, Mukara Victory and Rayon Sport, a player apparently performed a ritual mid-game, and within seconds he scored a goal. In the video footage, Rayon striker Musu Kamara whose team was losing 1-0, can be seen missing a goal by hitting the bar. 
He then dashes to the goal and seems to lean a small object against the post. Kamara is then chased away by an angry goalkeeper from Mukara. This is very comical. People need to see this. You're watching this African soccer game in Rwanda in their Premier League. The player misses a goal, hits the bar. I don't know where he gets it from, whether it was tucked in his shorts or tucked in his sock. He rushes to the opponent's goalpost, messes around, leans something against it, don't know what. The goalkeeper recognises the fact that he's actually done some witchcraft. This guy then gets chased across the field by the opposition team. Oh, my word. And the referee gives him a yellow card and cautions oh. this guy for performing an act of witchcraft, right? It doesn't end there. It says it's as the game, witchcraft. As the game restarts, Kamara suddenly scores, pulling his team back level. Then there was a riot. So he's performed some witchcraft. He gets chased around the pitch by the opposition team. When the game restarts, he then scores the goal. The incident was one of many that have caused the FA to act. It was decided to fine any player seen to take part in witchcraft, with 100,000 Rwanda francs being the fine. Was that five bucks? Give. Oh, there we go. Have another drink. (laughs) Okay, I tell you what, I'll give points to the person who can tell me how much 100,000 Rwandan francs is in dollars. Closest one gets the point. I'm going to say 50 bucks. 50 bucks. 5,000. Heather's won some points. It's 130. Nice one, Heather. If a well, what's the deterrent then? Well, that's a lot of money for them. Yeah, remember? Do you remember? A guy, whole... Yeah, a guy paid in Africa two weeks ago an egg to sleep with a prostitute. Oh, that's right. That's right. That's right. Mm-hmm. If a club has been involved, they will lose three points and face a fine of $3,500. Vice President of the Rwanda FA said, We have statues, but we don't have any law punishing the use of witchcraft because there is nowhere in the world where it has been proven that it can influence the outcome of a game. The Cubs in baseball might have a case with that, Mm -hmm. though. However, with the (laughs) violence between players because of the allegations that one team is using it, we have decided to enact laws. Personally, I don't believe in it, and I had to cut short my playing career because many teams I played for believed in witchcraft, which I didn't. The game between Mukara Victory and Rayon Sports ended in a 1-1 tie so the delicate equilibrium and the balance between good and evil was retained in a Rwandan soccer match i shall give myself two points for being fun and slightly informative miss morris what have you got for me tonight in the round of the strange and the bizarre british shoppers who sought last minute christmas presents may have wanted to try their luck at charity stores after a 19th century vase an original kermit the frog puppet and a rare military metal worm named among the most unusual gifts donated to good causes. Wow. Animals were also popular items with a sheep's head, two canaries, and a live ferret, among many bizarre gifts given to charities, according to the Charities Aid Foundation. We can do a spell with all of those things. I yeah. think so. <laughs> we could go out to Rwanda and win a soccer match 4-0. No messing around. It only cost 150 bucks. That would be the fine. I'd be happy to pay the fine just to win the soccer match. People think about giving money, but it is fascinating to see all the surprising and strange items which have been donated to charities, either via charity shops or bequeathed as legacies, said Joanna Walker, who oversees private donations at CAF. CAF said a 19th century vase valued at $2,900 
was spotted in an Oxfam charity shop. Other donations included a prosthetic leg. Surely there's a guy in Scotland who needs that at the moment. Yeah, he's hopping mad. (laughs) That was the least enthusiastic bell ring I've ever done. Just to listen, it went... I could be barely be bothered to ring it. it went, uh, listen again, look. <laughs> <laughs> a wedding dress used in a British TV show, Coronation Street. Oh. Yep, very famous. And a Victoria Cross medal, which honors acts of bravery in wow. war. Wow, they only give a few of those yeah. out. There wasn't many of them one during the Second World War. That's a lot of money as a Victoria Cross. But perhaps the most extravagant gifts were properties bequeathed by private donors, including a central London townhouse and a countryside cottage. (gasps) There are around 10,500 charity shops across Britain, generating about $369 a year, the CAF said. Wow. I worked voluntarily in one of the Oxfam charity shops in Romford when I was a student. And it was great fun. I used to hang out with all the old ladies that were in their 70s and 80s. And I was the only young person there. And I was in charge of sorting out all the books and all the records back in the day. The things that used to come into that shop were incredible. We once had, like, shirts brought in in a plastic bag, all covered in blood. We had to call the police. I was in charge of books, and I'd shake every one. And sometimes Polaroid photographs (gasps) people were using as bookmarks would come out. What about money? Well, they were very inappropriate Polaroid photographs. And you mm. kept them. Mm-hmm. No, I didn't. No. <laughs> no, I didn't. No. Some of them had to go to the police as well. <laughs> Just saying. Your mother's never looked better, by the way. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> Michelle, what have you got for me in the last story of 2016 in the round of The Strange and the Bizarre? I have the bizarre ghost ship story of the SS Bachimo that was seen sailing the seas unmanned for 38 years. 38 years, just and floating around. Wow. Ghost and could crew. still be out there today. It's the Black Pearl. Mm-hmm. Nice. Built in 1914. <laughs> <laughs> I was waiting for an impression, but one never came. Arg. <laughs> That's it, is it? Arg. <laughs> that be that Black Pearl. <laughs> Christ, I thought thought Oklahoma was landlocked. What do I know? Oh, my goodness. (laughs) Built in 1914, the steam-powered cargo ship became part of the British Hudson Bay Company in 1921. But in 1931, her crew lost her. Whoops. They went out down the pub. How can you lose a cargo freight? I'm sure I parked it here. Do you think the captain's on the dock pressing his key fob waiting for one to beep so he knows where it is? It's, it's actually a quite interesting story, I think. Shiver um, me timber. Yes, we're past that now. <laughs> Splice me main brace, you blithering cutthroat. <laughs> well, it's like being in Disneyland. Swab the dick. You're not here to enjoy yourself. You're in Disneyland. (laughs) I actually heard someone say that once to a kid. That's great. You're not here to enjoy yourself. We're standing in the middle of Disneyland. I'm like, okay. Wow. Oh, and she set off on a solo voyage. Could she still be out there? Originally called the Angerman Elven, the ship started life in Sweden and spent its early working life plying the trade route to Hamburg. 
After World War I, she moved to Scotland and became part of the Hudson Bay Company's fleet under her new name. Visiting the trading posts along Canadian coast, she ferried furs, tobacco, sugar, tea, and weapons. In late 1931, she became trapped in the ice off the coast of Alaska, and the crew had to be airlifted to safety. A few hardy men stayed behind to keep an eye on the ship, building makeshift shelters half a mile away on the beach and settling in for a long winter. Wow, that would be grim. Man, like, why would you volunteer to do that? What could be so bad you've, at home? You've not, you've not, like, met, you've not met the wife, have yeah, you? <laughs> I'm going to stay in this shack. Yeah. <laughs> On the coast of Alaska in winter, just to keep... There were people volunteering. No me, <laughs> no, no me. choose me. Please. Oh, goodness. Um... The plan was to wait until the summer to keep an eye on the ship and sail her home when the ice melted. But the weather had different ideas. Hang on a second. So the only job they had to do was to keep an eye on the they ship. They had one job. One job. Watch, Stay here. Watch the ship watch half the a ship, mile away. Cargo freighter. Frozen. You volunteered. You've made yourself a hut. I know what's coming next. He got sidetracked. The ice melted and the ship disappeared. <laughs> well, it wasn't entirely their fault. Oh, wow. The temperature rose, melting the ice, but a huge storm blew up, and the men were confined to their shacks for shelter for three whole days. When they emerged, poof. Can you imagine? The boat was gone. Who's going to tell them? (laughs) It was there this morning. You tell them. I don't want to tell them. It's terrible. Everyone assumed that the SS Bakimo had sunk. But a few days later, an Inuit seal hunter spotted her floating 45 miles away. So the ship's captain caught up with her and decided to unload the cargo as he felt she was no longer safe. The crew left her floating in the Arctic Ocean. Despite the captain's feeling that the ship wasn't seaworthy, she defied expectations and was spotted 250 miles away several months later. This is remarkable. I think so, too. Yes. The sightings continued for many years as she traveled the seas alone, and multiple failed attempts have been made to recover the ship. The last sighting was in 1969, when she was seen, yet again, stuck in the ice off Alaska. 1969 is Mm -hmm. many, many years after the first time she was cut adrift. Yeah, yeah. 1931. There we go. Mm Mm-hmm. The Alaskan government have made attempts to find her, but to no avail, and with no wreckage ever found, there is a chance that she is still out there in the icy waters near the North Pole. That's remarkable. This is the sort of thing the aliens are going to find in millennia's time, frozen into the ice, like artifacts that they'll take back to their planet with them. What a great story to finish what is 2016? We now enter the round that is called Not For Your Mother. That means you have found us in our archives. So many thanks for searching us out. This is the round we can't read out on Dark Matter Digital Radio because it's laden with innuendo. It's the stories from around the world that if your mother is of a sensitive disposition, she needs to leave the room. Miss Morris, you can start us off tonight. What have you got for me in the round of NFM? We just finished with Christmas, right? Yes. Yes. So now I'm going to help you a little bit, maybe for Valentine's Day. Two months to go. Yeah. Well, it's month no... and a half. Month and a half. Really? You got to start the plan. You soon gets about, isn't yeah, it? Yeah. You got to make sure the order gets there, right? Absolutely. All right. So if you've got that one relative or love of your life that has everything. My mother. 
there's a good chance that shittens are the one thing that they don't have. That sounds like some sort of (laughs) breakfast food from Alabama. I'll I'll have me a cup of coffee and some shittens. Is it a glove to wipe your butt? That's a cat you can wipe your butt on. Oh, no. It is. According to the product description, (laughs) they are disposable (gasps) mitten-shaped moist wipes and they're designed for wiping your posterior clean of fecal matter. Oh, and, of course... God. Do we wipe our own or other people's with them? Once they appeared on Amazon, the Everwitty reviewers <laughs> had a field day. I'd yep. rather have a pair of shoves. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> One reviewer wrote, I've been compared to a living as seen on TV It's the queen. It's the queen. Life is simply too hard for me. Shittens allow me <laughs> to avoid <laughs> those messy situations in the bathroom. Shittens like sounds like a terrible thing you could do with some cats. I know, baby kits. Far, no, flush it. Stop. Far too often. You I used find... a squirrel, Winston. <laughs> I did. I didn't flush it. Far too often, I find myself with poop running down my legs, the wall, and my dog. This isn't the queen. This is an alcoholic. (laughs) Well, maybe. James. It was James, was it? Who only gave Shittens three stars, wrote, I found the step down from the slices of rye bread I would normally work with. The caraway seeds are rough and really scrape me clean. What? What? The wet. Is this Marlon Brando in Apocalypse Now? I love it. The wet wipes tend to pull my hair. The horror. I'm going to switch to sandpaper again and try that a few months. (laughs) He was in Nam. I love it. I love it. Reaching Nam. But the best review may have been from one user who wrote simply. I'm smitten for shittens. <laughs> shittens. <laughs> <laughs> Boom. <Wow. laughs> Mic drop. Yep. I still don't understand how this is a Valentine's Day gift. We'd, everyone around this table would be pretty unhappy, wouldn't they, if they received shittens instead of a box of chocolates and some roses. Yeah. You're going to be disappointed. <laughs> it is the gift that keeps on giving. There. Keeping you clean. Isn't that important? I can keep myself clean without <laughs> the use of a pair of mittens. Or sandpaper. Oh, man. We had, or rye we bread. Had that or rough. rye bread. It's a shocking to do, isn't it? <laughs> Those reviews are hilarious. My brother bought me a banana slicer. A banana hammock. <laughs> <laughs> What'd you do with that? Well, I... Sliced bananas with it. <laughs> I meant the hammock. <laughs> I knit those. <laughs> Banana hammocks. It doesn't take long for no. some people, right? Right. right. <laughs> Made to order. What are these little bananas called? What are the small bananas? Oh, plantain? Plantains, there you go. Piccolos. <laughs> Piccolos. Piccolos. <laughs> Heather's now playing the one note piccolo. <laughs> A 60. Oh, you were going to discuss the, uh, oh, the banana slicer. Just, go on. Like when your knife just won't do, you know, or um. like. All I got washing a, up. my all my bananas face left and my slicer is r- right handed. Yeah, it's just funny. Nice. We need to wow. look that up online. Yeah, it's good. 
A 64-year-old was rushed into a hospital at the weekend with a most unusual medical complaint. He had frostbite of the penis after oh. getting drunk and trying to have sex with a snowman. <laughs> oh why, not, why not a snowwoman? In the garden we can hump a snowman <laughs> and pretend that he is Parson Brown. Wow. Kenneth oh Gillespie God. is known to locals as a drunk and a bit of a lecherous type. But this latest episode has had dire consequences. He was found passed out, clutching onto his frozen junk by neighbours at 1.30am on Sunday morning, and they called the ambulance straight away. The doctor in charge of Mr Gillespie, Dr Mark Arnadu, said this to a local TV news crew. Frostbite of that area may sound funny, but this is very serious indeed. It does sound funny. Frostbite, of course, can cause infection and gangrene, and ultimately this has led to Mr. Gillespie's member being amputated. <gasps> the weather outside is chilly. <laughs> He's lost the end of <laughs> his willy. The snowman is thought to be okay, though. <laughs> it has since been rebuilt and cleaned. I heard it's a holy snowman. Oh, no. Well, we know where to put the carrot. <laughs> You're right. Why wasn't it a snowwoman? I'm just saying. I, just I don't think, think he's very... picky. I just thought he went for it. <laughs> Several people have already vowed to dismember him after what he did to the kid's snowman. He left a pile of empty bottles, a wrecked snowman, and a trail of frozen... An erect snowman? An erect snowman. <laughs> That's a, nice. A wrecked snowman. What are you going to do with the icicle? <laughs> and a trail of frozen man juice in the middle of the no, community recreation. No. It's on here. He left a trail of frozen man juice. Frozen man juice refreshing, of course, on a summer's day. Michelle, what have you got oh, for us tonight in the round goodness. of Not For Your Mother? Sex toy of the future is two lollipops called the Teletongue that lets you deliver pleasure to your partner via the internet. Wow. Mm -hmm. This futuristic sex toy could allow you to give oral pleasure to your partner from hundreds of miles away. What if somebody gets the wrong signal? Well, you've been problems, aren't you? If I tried to call my mother and got the wrong number, that would be terrible. Why would your mother have, have a, a teletongue? tongue and why would you be calling her? <laughs> why, why do you have her number? That's sick. Go check the snowman. <laughs> oh, dear. <laughs> Let's see the end of your willy. I'm sorry, madam. <laughs> the things that get said on this show get said on no other radio show anywhere. Let's see the end of your willy. <laughs> your willy. My willy. Oh, no. You're going to see the end of my wallet. <laughs> it's a real turtle head poking out. Wow. No, you're not going to see the end of my willy. Oh. How about the beginning? <laughs> All right, go and stand across Free the Willy. <laughs> Free Willy. <laughs> it was released back into the wild. <laughs> it's been in captivity for so long. Yeah, I don't use it very often, but it's nice to know it's there. Oh, my goodness. The Teletongue, designed in Japan, is made up of two lollipops. The first device records one partner's licking sounds. Please don't. No, I can't. No, don't. Please don't. I hate this. <laughs> it's the end of the I, year. No, it's terrible. Don't. Oh, that's disgusting. <laughs> Tongue movement. It's like a farmer working his way through a, through a muddy field in Wellington boots. 
Stop it! While the other converts these into pleasurable vibrations inside the other partner's mouth. Can you stop? You're turning me right up. Disgusting. <laughs> That's awesome. Oh my goodness. The designers from Kiko University helped to te- hope to test their invention on a real-life, long-distance couple once the teletongue devices have been perfected to connect via the internet. This is what they're doing in universities in Japan, is it? Mm-hmm. This is where their research money's going. Yes. And we got to pull together the MQTA square, swear jar. <laughs> square jar. The swear jar. I need more pimp juice, obviously. <laughs> um, and this is where we should go. The next generation adult toy was unveiled at the Love and Sex with Robots Congress. Vegas? No. Florida. University oh. of London. No way. Nice. There We're going. Go. And get us a ticket. The Teletongue inventors wrote in a research paper, with the world becoming more and more global, many couples around the world are having to spend time far away from each other. Teletongue cons- consists of two lollipop devices. I keep thinking you're are saying they flavored? Teletubbies. I know, I know. I know. Are they flavored? What flavor yeah. do you want? Meat flavor? Dirt. <laughs> Dirt <Yeah. and> sausage. <laughs> yeah. Nice. Pepperoni. Blue cheese. Berries. (laughs) (laughs) Not earwax. (laughs) I'd take blueberries over blue cheese, by the way. Mm. The idea behind the design was to create a pleasure giving device that can be used in public as the everyday act of suckling a lollipop. Suckling a lollipop. (laughs) Don't, don't. No, don't. Oh, Disgusting. I hate that. It's inoffensive (laughs) compared to other sex toys. The researcher wrote, we hope that the teletongue will be the first step to a more open and casual usage of sex toys and word of the night, teledildonics. Teledildonics. Let's have some casual licking, shall we, just to finish off 2016. It's disgusting. <laughs> They're both filthy. They're like, this is the last time you're eating. <laughs> Good job. Miss Morris. Yes. I'm going to wrap up this year. You're finishing 2016. Wrapping it up. And you're going to be happy. Wow. I have now come up with a list. Okay. Or I should say found a list. I didn't actually come up with it. To help you with the whole 2016 thing. What did we get stuck up our rectum this year? Oh, I love it. Yes. Yes. <laughs> Things that were found up people's bottoms. Oh, that's the first thing I ask an ER nurse. Really? <laughs> Do they reply Steve Martin's career? <laughs> you leave him alone. I still love him. He's a saint. Yeah. He's bluegrass banjo playing. He's second to none, I tell you. Here are the strangest, most awkwardly shaped, and least pleasant objects that America has shoved into its various holes. America, by the way. And God bless us. Right on. Everyone. Ready? Do it. I have lots of orifices to help you have with. Have you? Wow. Yes. We're going to do the ear first, shall okay. we? I, I got a Action Man G.I. Joe propeller from a toy stuck in my ear when I was a kid. My mother took it out with tweezers and then smacked me. Like Aww. operation. There you go. I didn't give her $200 <laughs> and she never went for Charlie Horse afterwards. 
Somebody had a crayon stuck in their ear for two weeks. Two weeks. I like the idea that they did their homework by pushing the notepad against their ear and moving it around. That would be fabulous. A dog's paw. A dog's paw stuck in your ear. Can you imagine how the dog feels going to the hospital? Uh, It's a little dog, isn't it? And then someone stuck a raisin up his right nostril. And and the brother tried to remove it with tweezers, but the patient moved. So it just got stuck there. Oh, and they split the membrane and their brain jelly fell out. Yes, and somebody put an egg dye tablet in their ear. What's an egg dye tablet? Like what you dye Easter eggs with. Yeah, like the red or... We'll play with them this year. Perfect. Now I'm going to move on to the throat. Okay. Playing with a blow dart gun, they blew a pin out of it, hit the wall, flew back into the patient's throat, and he (laughs) swallowed it. If you swallow a pin, (laughs) it hurts twice. Keep your mouth shut. (laughs) Keep your mouth shut when using blow darts. Valuable advice or more questions than answers. Somebody inhaled a wasp. Saving lives. A wasp. While jogging. And now their throat was uh, swelling. And then somebody uh, swallowed a paint stirring stick and paint. How? Sword swallowing. There, I bet someone was missing. Wow, that's impressive, Michelle. Sorry. You'll never be lonely. And then somebody was held down in art class and a classmate shoved sequins down their throat. How bizarre. I know. So they're farting glitter, basically, is where we are. Pretty much. Fabulous. Fabulous. So now we move on to the penis. Oh. In the penis? Yes. Oh. So somebody had carved down a piece of domino and inserted it into the penis. A domino? A domino. Well, like a double six or something. Yeah, and then they carved it down and then they shoved it in there. They sh- they carved it into a shape of a penis You've and ruined. stuck it in their own penis. You've ruined that yes, game. Yes, and, and now it w- they want it removed. The entire contents of the mousetrap game went up. <laughs> oh, God. Now place your hand on the purple circle. Somebody shoved a uh, sandal a buckle. A sandal buckle. Into their penis, yes. Why? A oh. doll shoe has been in there. That's like a high-heeled one, I bet. A uh-huh. pen cap. Pen cap. cap. A pen. A three-inch straight pin. Oh! I know. And somebody put a marble in their penis, cut the penis trying to get it out, and so then they had to... um... And then had a wee and shot someone. Yes. (laughs) You could have someone's eye with that. Now we're going to go to the vajayjay. All right. Okay. There's more options now. Yep. Somebody had shoved up three golf ball-sized bouncy balls and left (laughs) them in there. Bouncy balls. Somebody put six screws in there. I don't know. Well, they were know. trying to put a shelf up. <laughs> uh, to go to go with one of your stories, Michelle, somebody had put a USB adapter in there. Yeah. In the vajay? Mm-hmm. Mm. In the badge. Nice. And then somebody sat on top of a dollhouse and there was a spiked roof and that went in there. Somebody put Someone's a- Someone's had a grim Who I know. People? Hide- Pancetta, because somebody put a pointy toy pig in there. <laughs> um, I'll never look at him the same. I know. And the boyfriend stuck a bottle in the vaj- the vajayjay, and the cap came off and got stuck, so they had to go get it. Somebody got a half a bar of soap stuck in there. They were probably trying to clean it. I don't know. Somebody placed a bobby pin in the vajayjay and states she doesn't know why. 
There's no sun Was up she in pinning the back the... Oh, <laughs> the like curtains? A, like pinning a the butterfly. Curtains. Don't be disgusting, the two of you. I can't believe it. <laughs> oh, no, you just can't believe it. Oh, well, somebody also shoved a small painting kit in there. I don't know. Painting, painting kit? kit. <laughs> and somebody put their cigarettes and lighter in there. <laughs> During the act, it's like it <laughs> just saves a step, doesn't it? I'm gonna put that in my act. Remind oh, me about that after when we, I sober up. After we made love, I took out a packet of cigarettes. I thought there was something in the way, and a lighter. Close, but no cigar. Oh, no. oh my god! Okay, now the favorite. Here we go. It is the, the rectum. <laughs> the rectum damn near killed him. Blow him apart. Okay. <sighs> Somebody was using a vibrator last night, thought was inserting in the vajayjay. There's many a slip to his cup and lip. They were interrupted by their mom and <gasps> sat up quickly inserting it, inserting it in the rectum, and now they can't move. <laughs> Jeez. Just, just push. Oh, that's the worst cup of tea your mother could have brought you. Oh, wine cork wrapped in paper towels, electrical tape, and a condom were shoved up there. Uh, ten broken crayons. Ten broke, broken broke. crayons. Five swollen rings. <laughs> uh, somebody put a pencil up the rectum to make a bowel movement to get the gauze patient swallowed to come out. <laughs> I What? So they were working. That's a long story. They were working it out with a pencil. <laughs> so they ate gauze gauze tape. Yes, and someone it got stuck. Took a pencil to try and fish it out. Yeah. Yes, yes. There we are. Yes. Oh and so then they also have seen. That's it. the last time they can go back to Michael's. By the way. <laughs> I don't want to know about this, and I don't want to know why, but they had an egg timer shoved up there. That's big. <laughs> that's, that's pretty big, yeah. Trying to hatch the egg, I suppose. Uh, an ice pick in the rectum to push the hemorrhoids back in. Oh, what? <laughs> what? You need a pair of shittens for that. An ice pick? Yes. I'm guessing the handle. I'm just Maybe. putting that out there, yeah. A hammer. Uh huh. Hammer. In, I'm in, still going handle. Uh, nuts and bolts. A bingo dauber. <laughs> she ruined that furniture. <laughs> it sat down. There's a blue circle. Oh, 69. <laughs> <laughs> On its own, number one. <laughs> Bingo! <laughs> House. <laughs> Can't go back to that casino. <laughs> They're no fun. <laughs> <laughs> and finally, a smiley hand toy from a vending machine. And mom noted the rubber hand protruding from the rectum. <laughs> mom noted the rubber hand waving. <laughs> <laughs> so, I wonder I if it was the clapper and they moved it. It's just like, like, how old of a person was? Next <laughs> 38, I think. <laughs> <laughs>
<laughs> I am stunned. I told you to leave that alone. <laughs> Michelle. <laughs> oh. No, I won't give you a quarter. <laughs> I won't give you five either. <laughs> Here, let me check my butt. <laughs> wow. Oh, hi. <laughs> Hello. <laughs> You've got a language all of your own, haven't you? <laughs> well, all good things come to an end. So let us look at tonight's scores. In last place with the K2 meter in the cage with the dead monkey. It's all of us. We've tied <laughs> seven us. points. So we've all Ooh. lost and we've all won. We, we shall share the 33 thousand dollar ir camera and we'll argue about that on the way to the bar clutching our bloody mary's in the wheelchair do not fear listener i'm not pushing michelle the whole way to the bar <laughs> but we will be back for a whole new bunch of stories next week at the same time and i would love for you to join me for a fun and informative journey through the world of the paranormal strange intriguing bizarre and weird please tell your friends and family about the show and feel free to contact me anytime via my facebook site more questions and answers with adrian lee or you can Contact me on my Twitter account at Adrian underscore Lee underscore tips. And remember, if you go to soundcloud.com now, we have an extra 20 to 25 minutes of the show that we can't read out on air in a round called Not For Your Mother that's laden with innuendo and the stories of the week that would be too spicy to read out on air if you search spicy, for MQ. Spicy, spicy. TA Radio. My gratitude and gracious thanks are extended to Lorna Hunter, Heather Morris, Shetan Drain, and Michelle Corey, and all of the International Paranormal Society at intparanormal.net, and all of the show's sponsors, including the Lakes Area Paranormal Interest Group and MUFON of Minnesota. It just remains for me to say have a happy new year and a prosperous 2017, and remember, be interested and interesting. Good night. 